morning and good to see everyone back again as we get a chance to worship he is exalted the king is, ex uh, is exalted and um, just a great time and a <clears throat> great season for us to continue to remember that especially as we are rolling up to that time when we remember once again the great sacrifice of our Lord that gave us why we are sitting in these chairs even worshiping him today and is when he gave his life so that we might live he gave of himself so that we would have an opportunity to be in relationship with him before we jump in this morning i just want to thank everyone um all of you that took part in some way or that prayed or made something and that made the homegoing the celebration service for Sister Barbara Jackson Ajao um, happened. Um, we were really grateful for the way that you, this church, stepped up and uh, met needs in all the different areas um, that they had and the remarks that were made where they were grateful for our service, for the way that we were organized and the way that we carried it out. And so I just really want to thank all of you I want to thank our leaders um, for stepping up and um, helping our ushers uh, and um, just the ushers, period, that were there. And then our leaders that really um, backed them up and helped to pull it off and really um, allowed the family to both grieve and to celebrate. And so we thank you guys um, for that. And it's just really grateful. A couple of things I want us to just be mindful of and to be aware of is... <clears throat> Um, that you continue to register for service. I know as more and more of us are becoming comfortable with coming out, we would love to see you. We have the room. And if we need to increase room, meaning to add some of our chairs back, then we will, but we will still be able to be socially distanced as we should. Uh, but uh, just make sure that you're registering um, those of us who come on a regular basis and those of us who are um, our guests who may come from time to time may not know to register, and there's no problem, but at least we know for those of you who are coming regularly, if you'd make sure that you do that, and you can go to our website and be able to make sure that we know that you are coming, and that's just our way to continue to keep our um, process well documented in this, um, in this particular time. I praise God that... Um, Vaccinations are happening more and more, and uh, many more of us are um, able to get it done and are getting it done. Um, this is the one time where I thank God for my age. I was like, okay, Lord, thank you. I'm in that group now. Actually, I thank the Lord for my age all the time. I mean, I thank the Lord for how I feel with that age, but I thank the Lord for my age all the time. Um, <clears throat> But I'm just really grateful for that and that um, that will help more and more feel comfortable. As you are able and as you feel comfortable, join us back here. We would love to see you face-to-face -face and the fellowship with you. And so just know 
uh, we are ready, we have prepared and are preparing for how we welcome back more and more um, of the believers who would fellowship with us and those who attend Solid Word. And so um, keep praying for us. More announcements will be coming out. I do have a, a, a special announcement and then request. We know our anniversary is the first Sunday of April. Um, Solid Word was launched um, and began with a service first Sunday in April of 2000. Um, we didn't get to celebrate 20 years. And so um, this year being the 21st, we're still thanking God for his faithfulness. But um, we want to do something in conjunction for those of you that can. Um, we are within, which is a celebration. We are now under $10,000 from completely paying off all of our mortgages. And so we have, we have crossed that threshold. <clears throat> if we did nothing but make our payment as we should, we would be finished by the beginning of May. But we, as I spoke with our leaders and as we talked um, with our finance folks, is, is to do it one month earlier and to do it in celebration with our anniversary, I think would be a great encouragement. And so what we are asking um, for you is for those of you that can, we're not trying to put a strain on anyone's budget that is unable, nor are we trying to make you feel guilty if you're not able. But those of you who are able to give um, something extra specifically toward the mortgage being paid off between now and the end of the month, go ahead and do that. And then we are going to, <clears throat> we are going to make that move um, to pay that mortgage down and off, which would of course free up that mortgage payment from then on for what we have. And we can begin to put that into other areas and focus of ministry that we will communicate to you guys as well. And so this is a wonderful step. The people that hold, the, the financial group that holds our mortgage, the financial group that holds our mortgage is just shocked that a church within the short time frame that we have um, has paid off such a large amount. Remember that we had in total with the renovation and the purchase one and a half million dollars. And it, it, it'll be completed in about, if I'm correct, 17 years. 17? No, sorry. Twelve. Let me make sure that I got that right. 17. Yeah, 17. 15. I had to add. Sorry. I had to add. I had to think of when we actually got it. Put it this way. Less than 20. Let's do that. <clears throat> I had to do the math in my head. Because I was here when we first, I was here with you guys when we purchased the property and then when we renovated the property. And um, many of you guys know, of course, what we sitting in right now used to be a storage garage, um, as we call the chicken coop. And, um, and it was transformed into what we see right now, among other things that we have done. And so in less than 20 years um, that um, we are in a position, God has blessed us tremendously and through your faithfulness to God um, and the wise use of the money, we've been able to do that. So we would like to celebrate that being paid off at our anniversary service, which will also be Easter Sunday, the first Sunday in April. 
And so that is our plan. That's what we will do. And the celebration, whether you are here in person or you are live stream, we plan on having that among others as we celebrate um, um, the resurrection of our Lord and the beginning of this local fellowship um, and the paying off of a major debt, which will free us up. So as you can, you can just mark that in your um, offering, either on your envelope or if you're writing your check, is to is to mark the specific amount uh, for mortgage, mortgage payoff, so that our financial folk will see it and know it. That's all I'm going to mention. And so um, you guys uh, prayerfully see what the Lord would have you to do. Um, and, could, and to continue to keep praying for us in that. We're going to embark um, <clears throat> for the next few weeks. We will have messages tailored around Easter um, for both Palm Sunday and Easter, but before that and even after, we're going to begin to venture into a study um, through Proverbs. It's not going to be um, each chapter one by one. It may be clumps of chapters, but we're going to launch into a study in Proverbs and going to be calling it the way of wisdom, um, the way of wisdom. And, and, and really, it is living wisely in the world. Now, how do we live wisely in this world? And just for us to know, the book of Proverbs, actually, um, when it was divided into chapters and the sayings and the um, collections, has 31. Um, this was years ago you know, that I realized it. I mean, I always knew it had 31 chapters, but then just had this bright idea one day that, wait a minute, 31 chapters, 31 days in a month. You know, there is actually a proverb for every day of the month depending on if it's a short month with 28, 29, or if it's a long month with 31. There's problems for every um, day of the month. <clears throat> and um, it is meant, I mean, it has an intent and a purpose, which we will see this morning, but we want to go there so that we begin to help put ourselves in a position that we are living wisely according to the the word of God according to God's standard. And see, because there's a lot of people that are claiming wisdom today. There are a lot of people that are claiming to be wise today. And for many in our world, as the scripture would say, they are wise in their own eyes. Or as for some people, they even go as far, instead of, to, and instead of being a legend in their own time, they're a legend in their own mind. And so we don't want to be wise according to our standard. We want to be wise according to what the Lord says. And so we'll venture into that. Some of these Proverbs, of course, you'll be very familiar with. Some of them you may not be. But the issue is going to be that learning the way of wisdom and how is it that we um, can be wise while in this world because God has called us to it. And how do I know that he's called you to it as a believer? Because when he saved you, he didn't take you home at that moment. That he left you here. And if he left you here, that means he wanted you to represent him in this world and to influence it for him. And so we want to be able to look and to talk about that. Our first um, introduction to this is going to be, it's kind of a preamble in the book, um, which is the first seven 
verses of chapter 1. So if you would turn to Proverbs 1, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7 as I give an introduction and then give this kind of preamble, um, this, this, this mini discourse into what we're about to go into. But first, let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, again, to gather as your people. Thank you, God, that we can stand here, sit here, be here, fellowship here today, Lord, knowing that you have allowed us to be in your presence, under your banner, and around other believers. We thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity, oh God, to learn from your word. And I pray this morning that as we embark upon this time in the way of wisdom, Lord, that we would see and learn and understand and perceive and embrace, Father, what you are saying to us, showing us, telling us. And Father, that it may shape us and change our lives. May it not be another information point, but Lord, may it be a transformation opportunity, a transforming opportunity so that we would grow to be more like you and to be more like Christ. Father, I pray that you would help us, O oh God, to be people, Lord, that would be passionate for you, follow after you, and to walk wisely in your ways. I pray for understanding. I pray for those that don't know you. Father, that you would encourage them, O oh Lord, with the word so that they can see what life would be like with you and what life is like without you. I pray right now, God, that you would encourage those that are down. Father, you would strengthen the weak. Father, that you would continue to satisfy, oh God, those that are running after you hard. Father, that they would be encouraged to keep moving forward. The confused, I pray that you would bring clarity. Father, those that need healing, I pray that you would touch. And so, Lord, we thank you that we can come to you today we surrender ourselves to you in Christ's name. Amen. Um, just some understanding of the Proverbs. We know it is considered part of what is known as the wisdom literature, of which is also include the Song of Songs, Some, I mean, also known as the Song of Solomon. Um, and in addition, um, Ecclesiastes as well. Um, all of them um, bear Solomon's name, influence, penning. Proverbs is believed that although that he has his hand and his influence is on the book, it is believed that he did not write every proverb in it. And we see that attested to throughout the Proverbs. But he did, I mean, there, there are sections that are attested to him. But it is believed that Solomon was the one who brought these collections of sayings over time to be put together before they were closed into what we now know as this um, um, book in the canon of Scripture called Proverbs. Proverbs were known back in that time, even outside of the Hebrew faith and culture. They were known then um, because they all had sayings. We do that as well in our sayings. We have sayings in our society that, that, that have gone down through time. What are some of them? You can, you can kind of quote them off if you want to. We all have some of them in our heart. And we heard things like an apple a day keeps the doctor away. I don't know how true that is, but okay. And for some of us, you don't even like apples. But that, that, 
that saying. And there are some other ones that we have and that we can think of. Um, <clears throat> too many cooks in the kitchen spoil the... Say it again. Broth. There you go. Too many cooks in the kitchen spoil the broth. But we also say many hands make light the work. And so one of the things that we will see with that too is that Proverbs are not necessarily uni are not universal truths all the time because many of them depend on the situation. They are sayings that um, have been accepted and known to be true. But it is not that Proverbs is always teaching a universal truth. There are times that that would come into play. But there are times when, when that proverb is used at the right time, in the right situation, that it is to be true. And we'll see that as we go through. So today, we're, we're going to look at three areas. Understanding the Proverbs, purpose of the Proverbs, and the content of the Proverbs. I'm sorry, the context of the Proverbs. And so understanding it, and I said that, um, just a bit earlier, Solomon has a strong hand on it, um, but have to understand this, though. The difference between sayings in our day and even back in that day and the Proverbs is this. The Proverbs are not understood properly if it's only seen as a book of practical, secular sayings, good for life, with a mention toward God. It's not. We're going to see why in a moment, but the, it... It is not. If, if all this book is, is good sayings to you, you are not getting the intent of the proverb. But that proverb also offers advice and observations on our world from a godly perspective and through the lens of God. As I said earlier, they communicate sayings commonly accepted as true, but it doesn't always teach a universal truth, which means that statement isn't always true all the time. And you got to remember that. Many of the Proverbs do depend on circumstance and timing. But here's the other thing. It is considered poetry more than it is prose or just writing of a story. It is considered poetry. Thus, it will have some of those elements of it. It will have the imagery the writers expected you to use your creative mind as you saw the pictures that they were drawing with their words, and they use parallelisms, and they use comparisons and contrast because they're painting this picture. They are, they are stating poetry, but in it are wise sayings that will help you see and understand life. And so understand that you may not be able to take that word literally but God has given us the ability to be creative and to, and to appreciate and to understand and love poetry. And so you have to see it like that as you read it and to picture it. And so, because of that, the situation for the truth that's being shared must be looked into before or while the truth that is there is being used. So let me say that again. 
the situation for the truth that you're reading in a particular proverb, that situation that it's calling for must be looked at before you're using it or while you're using it. Let me give you an example. There is one proverb that tells you how to act when you're in the presence of a king. That particular proverb is really for those that are serving in the court of top and world leaders. Now, there may be some principles that you can apply out of that, but that proverb is was written for those that were serving in the court of the king and was giving advice on how you keep your head on your neck when you are living before the king. And since we don't have any kings in this country, some of that doesn't apply, but the principles that are there do. And we'll look at that as well. And so with that, let's turn to chapter one, and we're going to look at the purpose of the Proverbs. Just wanted to give some understanding. That was the first part, but the second part is the purpose of the Proverbs. Let's start at verse one. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so there are some things here that it gives you specifically for you to look at as you're going through the book. And I would encourage you that as you study through this on your own, that you keep this first seven verses in mind because it's going to help you as you go through. And you can put it up and have it there for yourself. And here are the things that this proverb, that, that the collection of Proverbs is intended to do for you. This is kind of like that syllabus. By the end of this course, you should have learned. And so what it's actually saying is, as you read through this, here's what you should be learning. Here's what should be happening. Here's why this was written. And here's what we get. We get to know, to understand, to receive, and, it's, and, and the proverb is also there to give. So the proverb is there to know something, to understand something, to receive something. That means you embrace it, you accept it as your own, and it is going to give you something, meaning it wants you to take what's going to be given. So let's look at it. The first one, to know. And he starts it right away, to know wisdom and instruction. And that to know doesn't mean information that you just agree with mentally. When it says to know something, you know, like you, you, you say something to someone and they go, I know. That's not what that means. The I know means that you not only recognize it, but you embrace it. You call it your own. You admit that it is true. You admit that it is so. So when it says to know wisdom and instruction, it's saying that as you read through the Proverbs and as you understand the situations in which they are being given, he says you are 
acknowledging as, yes, this is something that will make me wise. I'm admitting that this is something from God that I'm going to embrace. It says, what is it? Wisdom and instruction. What is wisdom? And wisdom is that administration of what is being learned. What do I mean by that? Is that not me? Wisdom, and if there's a short definition, I've actually said this several times, wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. And so a lot of people know a lot of things, but are so unwise because they don't handle that information correctly or at the right time. As a matter of fact, they end up using and abusing people with what they know. And so with, and so they act unwisely. And so just getting a whole lot of information isn't wisdom. As a matter of fact, that's not even knowledge, just getting a whole lot of information. You have access to that which can bring knowledge, but knowledge comes as you recognize its intent, as you admit its truthfulness or its veracity, and because of that, you take it in as your own. And then you begin to use it at the right time in the right way. And so that's wisdom. So this proverb is, I mean, the, this collection is going to be for you to know. Wisdom, when to apply what you're learning, and instruction, the content of what you are learning. The right instruction. See, I can learn a set of instructions and put something together, or I can go by my own instruction. You ever do that? You're putting something together, and at the end you go, why I have all these pieces left? And it didn't say that I should. Now, I, I know some things give you extra in case you mess up, but I wasn't supposed to have this much extra. Probably didn't follow the instructions. Or how many times have you gone on your own to do something, and then you said, should have followed the instructions. And so the issue becomes when it says to know wisdom and instruction, it is to use that knowledge correctly at the right time and make sure that your content is the correct content that will bring wisdom when you use it. What is our content that we would use? And here it's going to be the word of God and it's going to be the word of God rightly understood and it's going to be the word of God rightly used in its entirety for what God intended. And so it says to know. Then it says to understand. Words of insight. And that one, so knowledge and then understanding is now talks about the intent and the purpose for why you were given what you were given. And so those words or those instructions do you understand it? Okay. Put it this way. When you can explain it in your own words, or when you can share it with someone else and they don't look at you and go, huh? You probably understand it. Ever try to explain something you don't quite understand? You're confused and you confuse the person you're trying to explain it to. Why? Because you don't fully understand it. See, that was me with math. And see, I knew I understood it when I could explain it to someone else, when I can demonstrate it to someone else, when I can show them. Unlike 
I just remember, and I share this story a lot because it is funny. When we were living in Switzerland and the kids were in the international school, um, I volunteered as a parent um, to help listen to the kids read because it was a bilingual school. And so they had English days and then they had German days. And then on their, on their German days, um, I would sit and listen to kids read their German. Now, there was a couple of things about that that was kind of hilarious. I had taken enough German classes. I knew the German alphabet and the pronunciation. I knew how to, I knew how words should sound. And so I could tell if a kid was pronouncing a word right or if he or she was reading correctly or incorrectly, if they were saying the words wrong. That part I had, but I did not understand most of the words that I could pronounce because my vocabulary had not increased at that level at the time. And this was early on while we were there. So I get in and so I'm out. And so they would, when the kids turn would come, they would come out, sit in the chair and would read a book, a German book, and then would read it to me. And I knew the pace. And, and so I had to comment on their reading. And so I'm reading with this one kid who was pretty fluent. Um, actually, he, he spoke, you know, English, German. He was a um, Canadian guy. He spoke English, French, and German already. And so he's sitting there, and he's reading through, and he's pretty flawless with his reading, and it's smooth. And I'm sitting there, and I must have had that glazed over look because I didn't understand all of what he was reading. I just knew he was pronouncing the words right. And he turned around and looked at me. And stopped his reading. He says, you don't understand what I'm reading, do you? <laughs> I said, I said, keep reading. <laughs> oh, smart Alex. So actually, I said, no, now keep reading. And so, but he understood, oh, you got all the mechanics together, but you don't understand none of this. And he was right. I didn't understand much of what he was reading. I just knew he was reading right. And for some of us, we are quoting scriptures we don't understand. We are repeating things that we heard others use, but don't understand that they've used them out of context. We are saying things that sound good, but aren't true because we lack the understanding. We don't know what it means. And thus, that's a part of not really being able to get to that knowledge. So it says to know, and to understand, to understand what words of insight. And so when those words that are words of insight are given, you actually get the insight that was intended. Boy, I see today on social media way too much of people trying to sound like they just dropped some great knowledge, not realizing that it was just utter foolishness. And think they're smart. Because of it. And I'm going, bro, that didn't even make sense. But if you understood it, the insight that was intended, you would never do what you did or you would never say what you're saying. So, not only is it to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, it is to receive instruction in wise dealings. Here it is. Your heart is now 
in a position as you read this and you humble yourself that what you are being given is actually helping you to deal wisely in your world and with what you're being presented with. That's what is there. It's helping you now to deal wisely. It's, it's, it's you. The problem is there to give you that which will, <clears throat> how do I put that? That which will help you to understand how I need to respond in this particular situation as it specifically deals with, and it gives you that, in righteousness, justice, and equity. And these things are how you deal with people and situations and things around you. This is when the rubber meets the road. That it is intended now for you to deal wisely in how do I live righteously? What is the right way for me to live in this context that this proverb is trying to help me with? And understand that. It says that for us, it is for us to receive that this counsel that is being provided will help me to live according to God's standard rightly, but also, here we go, justice and equity. That's the word that we've seen and we've, we've heard and used throughout our times as we looked at it. It is the same justice that's used in Micah when he says, um, you know what is good and what is the Lord required of you, but to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. It's the same word. And so he's saying here that it will teach you how to deal justly with your world, your environment, and with people. It will teach you how to live righteously, and it will also teach you how to deal with equity, meaning that you don't treat people based on externals. You treat them based on the word of God. Well, what do I mean based on the externals? I mean, you know what I mean. It could be economic status in life as seen by what they possess or don't possess. It can be by ethnicity, what you see. It can be by area or location that they live. It can be by career, by family, by any of those. Those do not have a factor on how you deal with the dignity of people, equity. Fairness is what we have, but I almost don't want to use fairness because we misuse that word here. Fairness just means equal scales, not I'm dealing with you like you want. Because usually when we say, that's not fair, what that usually means is I want exactly what he got. Well, that may not be what's needed. It's not that you have, that, that you're given the same thing equally, is that you are treated in the same manner and in the same way, regardless of what a person has or doesn't. So equity. So the proverb that's given and the Proverbs to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealings in righteousness, justice, and equity. And then this one is to give. It is to give something. And it says prudence to the simple. And see, it's interesting that if someone calls you simple, now, if they say you have a simple lifestyle, we accept that. In, in, in our society now, someone says, man, you're simple. But back then, what it meant, it didn't mean dumb. It just, you're inexperienced. 
and and thus you're dangerous. You are inexperienced. You 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 have not gained the level of experience or the level of insight that comes with experiencing things in the right way. So the simple here really is that person who is going along and may think that they know a lot, but actually they don't know very much. They're inexperienced. They don't know. And so the proverb here is going to help those that are inexperienced in life and inexperienced in living a godly life. It is intended to help you to now gain some experience so that you know what you're doing and you can begin to lead others. It says, so to give prudence to the simple. And really, another way of saying it is to give shrewdness to the naive. That you know how to handle now people and situations and things. And as we look into the problems, you'll see that people will go, how are you so wise? Huh? You can be as well, because this is the wisdom that God gives that he intends you to live your life. When it tells you how patience and how to handle your anger and how to handle situations and people, you, you now come across the folks as, well, where did you gain that experience from God's word? So it is to give prudence to the simple and then knowledge and discretion. And I'm going to say this one is discernment and discretion. You become a very discerning person. You can read to the core of situations and in life as you look at it through the lens of God's word. You can get to the harder things. You can get past the game plan. You can begin to see some things about yourself and all the fluff that's there. It cuts right through God's word. And so now you become more discerning and you have discretion. When to use what? When to back up and, and when to say something and when to stay quiet. And we see a lot of people without discretion and without discernment in our world and even in our churches. One of the things that's being lacked is both discernment and discretion. Just because you see something doesn't always mean that you need to say what you see at that moment. Oh, you may get a chance to say it, and you may get an opportunity. And But here it is that person who is watching, observing, learning, using their knowledge that they have, and now they're inserting or they're stepping back and they're allowing things to show. Discernment and discretion. And it's also meant when it says that it gives that discernment and discretion to youth. That word youth there isn't just someone who's under a particular age. The thought there for youth is someone who is immature. They've not grown up yet. And so this helps with the maturation process. Proverbs was intended to do that. It's, it's, it's intended to help mature you as you look at it. And so, to know, to understand, to receive, and to give. And 
And then it says also, this is for the person who already has a level of wisdom. You may say, well, I'm not simple. I'm not naive. I'm not immature. I'm a mature believer or a mature ring because hopefully you've not stopped at a plateau. I'm a mature ring believer. How about me? He speaks to you in verse 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. I love that. It says, look, this is for the person also that has developed a level of maturity and shrewdness that you keep learning, that you don't stop, that it increases, that it keeps climbing. You can learn something from here too. Nothing worse than a person that thinks that they can't learn anything anymore and they've just kind of shut everything off. I know all that there is to know. No one can teach me anything. And at that point, you have digressed because of your arrogance and because you don't understand that you really don't understand. So it says, let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. And this is, so that person who is gaining understanding, let them understand that there is further guidance for them, that they can still be brought along, that they can still be given insight. The person who is already wise and is gaining more wisdom is the kind of person that is going to have major influence in their surroundings for God and in Christ. They're going to. Why? Because they're constantly learning what God wants, how he wants it, when he wants it said and done. And so the discernment and people like that are typically those who are asked to give input and insight. Because they realize when you do, it is that which is helpful. It comes from a mature heart. And is that even if it cuts, it is going to be used properly. It says to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. And now there are no riddles here, but those things which are hard to understand. Proverbs does not have riddles in it, but that word riddle is really those things that are difficult to get its intent and difficult to understand its baseline and its bottom meaning. But then is the condition or the context of the Proverbs. And here is where I shared earlier that if you, um, um, that, it, that you can't understand the Proverbs properly if it is seen only as a book of practical secular sayings for a good life. This is when it comes in. This is kind of the summary for the whole collection of Proverbs. And this is the condition in which you will actually be able to benefit from it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or is the beginning of knowledge. Fools, and some say wisdom in your Bible, Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Understand the condition here is it starts with the fear of the Lord. Understanding, it says, it's the beginning. What is the fear of the Lord? Because, again, we've shared that and there's not been that understanding. Some people say, oh, that just means respect. No, it's actually more than respect. But it doesn't mean being afraid in this very earthly fear. It's almost this holy terror. If God were to present himself, in our presence right now, we all would be trembling if we were even alive. See, the issue was if the presence of the Lord physically 
was expressed in this place, every last one of us, whether you believe in God or not, would be trembling. Because it is this essence of this all-powerful, sovereign, um, pure, perfect, um, holy being in your presence. And so the response, there is some terror, but it is not an unhealthy one. It is a I know my place terror. And so what he's saying is the fear of the Lord, your respect for him and your value for who he is and the worth that he should have in your life. When you have that fear, that correct one, it is the starting place for wisdom. For some of us, we think it's the end goal. No, the fear of the Lord puts you in the proper position to actually begin to learn from the Proverbs. If you do not respect and have this sense of holy trembling about who God is, you are going to blow off the Proverbs. Oh, man, I don't need that. I'm smarter than that. I'll never forget, I was in the training years ago. Oh, my gosh, I was in the training um, for a job I had in sales. And this guy, I guess he thought he was smart. He did. And he was talking about, he brought up this issue of the golden rule. You know, he said, the golden rule says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And he was saying that. He said, but I'm going to go one better. I'm going to call it the platinum rule. And I sat there. I said, dude, really? You're going to do better than Jesus. You're going to do better. So he called it the platinum rule. Do unto others as you would want them to. I was like, I wanted to go, excuse me, sit down. You're not going to bring it better than Christ. Number one, you didn't understand the situation or the context. You were bringing this quote out of context and trying to use it in a secular way. And the way that he was carrying on with himself kind of understood he probably was not in a relationship with the Lord. And I just thought, but the fact that if you wanted to share, here's something else I want you to consider. Okay. But when you said, I'm going to do one better, you told on yourself and exposed your lack of knowledge. And so for him, the fear of the Lord would have helped him to go, I'm not going to do one better. I might want to share something else. But if you held God high in value, you're not going to do one better than Jesus. And see, for us today, we have many folk that want to do one better than Jesus or one better than God, or I got this God, I don't need you, or I think this will work out better than what your word says. What you've done is that you've placed yourself in the place of God, and you've said, I have more knowledge than you do. I can work this out better than you can. I've done that myself. God, you're taking too long. I don't like the way you're handling this. I want to go do this on my own, or I can't wait. I'm a little too impatient, Lord. I'm going to do this myself. I know what your word says, but I ain't got time for that. What I really just said is, you don't hold that value in my life that I'll trust what you've just stated or what you have out there or what you've laid before me. Thus, I'm going to do it myself. So it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's where you start. That's where you will begin to learn. 
He says, in essence, fools despise wisdom and instruction. So he gives the condition. Those who will fear God rightly will benefit from everything that is written from this point on. Because this is the way of wisdom. But he says, there will be those who will despise the wisdom and instruction that is in this collection. And despise doesn't mean you disagree. You cast it away. I don't need that. That's not true. Or that's really not that important. Or it's irrelevant. That's says fools do it. That they despise wisdom and instruction. And so as we get into this in the coming weeks, got a couple of questions for you. Will you be instructed and gain knowledge on how to live life as God intended? Will you be instructed by the Proverbs and gain knowledge on how to live life as intended by God or as God intended? And will you allow the Proverbs to be more than catchy sayings? Will you allow the Proverbs to be more than catchy sayings in your life? Or just these little nuggets that make you look wise. See, the issue is God wants to grow us up, learn us up, mature us, strengthen us, and allow us to have more influence. And thus, this was one of the ways he was doing it in the Proverbs. Will we learn? Or will we be like that last line he uses in this preamble when he says, fools despise wisdom, and instruction. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, that you've provided, Lord, this book for us, this collection, oh God, of wise sayings, words of insight, even difficult sayings that were meant to be, to, to be researched and dug into to find its meaning so that we would grow that we would know, Lord, that we would influence, that we would live righteously, that we would act justly, Father, that we would deal with equity. And I pray that indeed, Lord, that would be the case for us. I pray that we would not be considered among the foolish who despise wisdom and instruction. But Lord, we would gain the knowledge that you're given not to throw it on top of all the other knowledge we have and to show off, but Lord, that we would live shrewdly, that we would not be naive concerning the ways of our world and of our society, Lord, that we would know how to deal in and out of it. I pray, Lord, that you would teach us, that we would see and that we would learn, and then that we would pass on, that we would be like in verse 5, that we would increase as we are already moving along in wisdom. May the way of wisdom be the way of our life. We ask you this in Christ's name, amen. As we end today, I do just want to say, understand, just because you read and you try to practice a proverb does not mean that you belong to God. It must start when it says the fear of the Lord. It must start with a relationship with him. And that fear of the Lord is in the context of a relationship. And if you've never 
come to Christ, and now you value God's word and what he said enough that you agree with him that you're a sinner, that you agree with him that we were all born in sin and that our condition we could do nothing about. And if you agree with him that Jesus came to, um, to pay the price for that sin and his death on the cross and then subsequent resurrection was what freed us from that sin, and if you agree, then you would repent of your sin. If you've never done that, you can do that today and start a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so whether you're here today or whether you're watching us by live stream, just understand that can change today. You can agree with God with what he says. Yes, we were born sinners. Yes, none is good. And yes, Christ loved us so much that he came and gave of himself so now that we can be cleansed, forgiven and cleansed of our sin and brought into union with God through Christ, through him. And by that, we're part of the family of God. So agree with God on that and his word. Start that relationship, and then you can begin this journey of wisdom. You can begin this journey of wisdom. Um, we're going to continue to look at that next couple weeks. We will pause as we get around Easter, and then we will get back to that afterwards as we look for that. I would encourage you just to read on your own. I would encourage you, if you can, in just even if it's just reading it, um, for this next 31 days, I would say for this next month, for this next 31 days, try and read one proverb a day. Doesn't take you long. Try and read one proverb a day. And if you want to go back over it again, great. But at some point in your day, read one proverb. I found for me in the morning it was helpful because it it actually focused my mind on how I was dealing with my day. And there'll be sometimes what I read in the Proverbs, God allowed me to put in practice in my day that day. And it was great. It was good. It was helpful. It helped me to catch myself and to make sure that I was responding in a godly fashion. And so what I would encourage you to read a proverb a day. And let's see how God changes. Be willing and open for God changing you. And then be willing to share it with the greater community. Solid word first, or those around you in your house. And be willing to let them benefit from it. I.e., in the way you live around them and in your life.